to the Dive into Reiki podcast. I'm Natalie, and together we will enjoy a series of conversations that explore the journey of Reiki practitioners and teachers from all lineages. 100% Reiki-focused stories, 100% human. We have a very interesting guest for the episode 14 of the Dive into Reiki podcast, Graziano Scarazia. Graziano is a Reiki master and teacher based in Italy. He started practicing Reiki in 1990, studying both Western and Japanese styles. The author of two Reiki books, Graziano is also a clinical psychologist and the current national manager of Italy's Department of Holistic Science and Technique of AICS, which stands for Culture and Sport Italian Association. Additionally, he is the founder of the Italian school Reiki Life C4. Graziano has been involved for four years in a holistic project hosted by one of the biggest shopping centers in Italy. Through this project, he offers free consultation and Reiki treatments to the customers of the mall. He also conducted there a research about the effects of Reiki that was published by the medical magazine Alternative Therapies in Health and Medicine. Graciano will be sharing with us about his Reiki journey, uh, his biggest oops, as well as everything about his research, the state of Reiki in Italy, and many, many more insights. But before we go to the interview, I want to, to remind you that if you enjoy the podcast, find it useful, you can help support it by becoming a Patreon at patreon.com slash dive into Reiki. And for $3 a month, you can get access um, exclusive to the interviews as well as many perks, but mostly know that you're really helping support the podcast spreading uh, a lot of Reiki info and helping with the edit, the hosting, and the transcribing of each episode. May this help come back to you a thousand times. Thank you so much. And now on to the interview. So Graciano, welcome. Uh, thank you so much for saying yes. Thank you very much to having me here. It's really a big pleasure to stay and share this interview with you and have good time with you. So I would love to start the interview the same way I start every interview, which is which is the first time you discover Reiki that you came into contact with this practice? Well, I was 16 years old. In that moment, I was living in Switzerland, in Lucerne. And a friend of mine, her, her mother, she just came from Germany. And she, she was a Reiki master in that moment. And she was organizing a first level course and he said you want to come this because already i was practicing martial arts i was very interesting interest about uh, the energy field and uh, this stuff and so he asked me if i wanted to go but in that moment i didn't have the money to make this this course and so i had to reject but reiki remain in my in my memory and so Later then, when I was in Italy, because then when I was 22, my parents went back to Italy. They opened their own business. I stayed there maybe four years alone. And my mother always said, come back. What you are doing there? Come, la mamma, no? Come. <laughs> we need that you come help us. And so finally, I give up. I surrendered to my mother and uh, I went back to Italy. And I was in that moment um, in Rome, no, in, in Latina, in, near of Rome, and I was working in, in a discotheque. 
And uh, <laughs> yes, I did this also. There must have been something. The 90s, yeah. Rome, discotheque, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I, I knew that a saxophonist that was a um, piano bar. And he was practicing the Namiyoho Rengekyo uh, Buddhist from Nishiren Daishoshin. And he invited he invite me to go practice with him. Okay, in, in that moment, I was very pleased about the singer of this group, of, that they was living together. And I said, okay, I will come to practice. But I had another aim too, maybe to know better this girl. <laughs> and so there I started to uh, to practice this and every day I went there to practice. And it was very interesting that much that I practiced for five years. Then. Oh, wow. Uh, yes, yes. And suddenly one evening he comes to me and he said, hey, listen, there is a course of Reiki we have to go. He got me a book. He said, read it. Tomorrow morning we have to stand up and we go in Ostia. That was um, a uh, city near, near Turum to make this course. And so I said, okay, let's go. I, it came to my mind about Reiki that I already in Switzerland heard about it and said, okay, I agree, let's go. And so I had my first Reiki class. Wow, that, that is a, because I went there the Google way, most people had like a session. That's a very interesting different way to go. So yes. you started with Western Reiki, right? I started with Western Reiki, yes. I made the First level, then uh, it passed one year, and I meet them the second level with the same teacher. And I remember, really, if I make comparison to, the, to then and now, for example, he let me a, a manual with five pages, something like this. And the, the symbols, I had to draw it, and then he said, now we have to burn it. I said, wow, why? No, because they, lo they lose the power, you know? And I was very scared. I said, oh, my God, if I write them somewhere, maybe <laughs> they will lose the power and I, I will um, have this burden on me all the <laughs> life. It, it, and it was like this because the Honshat session, and it was very difficult to, to memorize. Yeah. You know, I was full of doubt. I did it right. Or maybe it's not like this. But then in, in the time that came, I, I understand a lot of stuff. But it was very interesting, you know, this way, this secret way to teach uh, the second level of Reiki. And from then on, it passed eight years before I get master because I was not interested in teaching. I, I was very shy. I was very introvert guy. And um, my main focus was the therapeutic way, you know, okay. treat people. And I remember I, I was very inside this, you know, with, with Reiki. I study, I read a lot of books. I train a lot to um, make my hands more sensible to feel the to feel the biofield of people chakras chakra diagnosis and uh, I, I remember I stand up maybe in the morning eight o'clock I I took the bus and then I took the train I go to Rome I had three four people to treat then I came back to Latina then I came back to Sabadia where I was living and. I was completely immersed in the magic of, of Reiki. And this was very important, this period for me. Because when I then I get teacher, I had a very big background about the therapeutic, therapeutic issues. But also, I practice a lot meditation 
I, I went to a lot of retreatments, even crazy retreatments, like New Year. Oh, God. Instead of going to parties, <laughs> I, I went in this, I remember this retreatment that was five days without talking to people, just meditation all the day, dynamics meditation, mantra meditation. And we didn't have to talk with each other, okay? And it was very interesting. You know why? Because after maybe two days, I watched people around me and I said, okay, now he will watch me and he want to talk to me. And it was like exactly <laughs> like this. Or I said, okay, now she will start crying. And she started to cry. So I find out that, you know, the verbal communication is, is important, but the nonverbal communication it's very strong and when you attune to this level to this vibration you've got a lot of information and this uh, retreatments was was very was very interesting for me and i did several like this you know so i point a lot of to grow in a spiritual way because for me this this was also very important yeah no and i think meditation like i'm trained in japanese and meditation and reiki practice are one but I think it's great that when you're in Western, more Western lineage, that you balance it with like formal meditation as well. I love that. So how did you yes. go to Japanese Reiki from there? Okay, when I get mastered, yeah. then start a new trip, you know? <laughs> the first was the therapeutic guy that wanted to be a good therapeut, help people to, to heal, to feel better. And then the, the teacher trip was obsessive I, I wanted to to <laughs> knew all the systems that existing I had to go there I had to get them I had to study them because I wanted to find out the secret of Reiki you know and it was not enough what I did I had always the perception that something is missing miss something so I have to I have to know more and so I I, I get mastered in a lot of systems you know in, in the Western styles, Rakukai, Karuna, and so on, and the universal Reiki. And then um, for the first time, it arrived in Italy, this Usui Teate that came from uh, Franco Giavapetta. And I said, okay, I have, to, I have to go do this for sure. I have to go and make this experiment too. I, I want to see what is this Japanese Reiki now. It was very interesting because when I was there, it was like, oh, this already I do. Or, oh, this already I, I talked about it. I have to do it like this. So it was a way to discover that inside me, a lot of information was already there. I just had to find a way to put it out. And so I started the, the Japanese. No, Then <laughs> I, I went to Omiyoreki with Yakuta Ninamoto. The first time he came to Italy, I had this initiation from, from him to, to get master. And then Gendai Reiki and okay. And, and all this completed a bit my yes. formation of, as master. So I was a super master with super styles in my uh, lineage. But then suddenly I got in crisis. You know, I had a deep crisis in which I put everything in discussion, but suddenly I said, no, something is wrong here. And this was another key point because exactly in the moment I put everything in discussion, you know, I made a step forward in Reiki because I stopped to 
read and listen others. And I start to listen to myself, to my inner voice. And it was a very creative moment, very creative. It's, it's like Reiki started really to flow through me. And in a very unexpected way, you know, it was not just, uh, okay, hands-on healing. No, Reiki came out when I'm cooking or when I'm drawing something or when I was talking to someone. For the first time, I felt I embody Reiki. It's not anymore something outside of me, something that I have to connect to or I have to do some things to have it. And this was, for me, very important. It changed completely. It was a, a game changer. No, it's, it's funny because you said embody, but I was thinking when you say I listen to myself and it changed, went from performing rituals and techniques to embody the essence, right? Which exactly. again is a precepts and that's, and the more we embody them 24 seven, the happier we are as well beyond the good to the world. I love that. But I love that sometimes we need to go through all those studies, right? To go there and feel something is wrong and question. And I think many times we're scared as practitioner or teacher of questioning uh, what we learn. But if you don't question it, how yes. do you really embody it? So I, I like that you are talking about this. It's the first time we bring that questioning forward in the podcast. So I really mm -hmm. appreciate it. You probably, how many teachers do you have? Like 300? <laughs> like, oh, I had a lot. I had, I had. So but, what do you um, teach now? I, Just a question. Like when you teach now, how do you decide what to teach? Now I teach self-empowerment. <laughs> Good. I love that. <laughs> Actually, you know, if you talk with me about Reiki, it's difficult to put out how I see Reiki today because it don't match anymore with the common stuff that people generally say about Reiki. I'm, I'm really beyond this. I let it back. It's, it's 30 years I practice Reiki. Yeah. I, I didn't start yesterday. And I was active Reiki. I, I, you know, in a certain point when I get mastered, I was working like all the others. I tried to get money to have fun and have a good life. And um, at a certain point, I, I, I heard a voice inside me that said, no, okay, this is what you have to do in your life. You're good at it, do it. And so I decided to let my work and point everything on the teaching. And everybody was against me, not against me. They said, oh, what you are doing? What is this Reiki? Nobody will follow you. You will, you will have hunger. You will not earn money through this. Don't do it. It's a mistake. You have work here that gives you money. Why you have to risk? And my parents too, you know, there was a bit worried about me. And they said, no, 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 don't worry. I, I, I will manage it. And I left the work and I went from that seat where I was. And I moved in another. And then I started to, to teach. I went from gym to gym. I made presentations. Everywhere they got me a spot, I was there and was talking about Reiki, you know. And so I started. I opened my school. People start to follow me. And uh, this was very important too for me to have faith in myself. This, this changed a lot too, the perception I have about myself. Before I was the introversal, shy guy that I was, was. The one that is on the side that maybe watch you and you say, hey, what is watching? What do you want, you know? <laughs> and, and then suddenly it came out a, a lot of um, energy that I had inside me and that was asking to come out. It's like an urgency. When you have an urgency to say something, yeah. it, it was like this. And so I followed this urgency. And 
it, it was very interesting because it started to flow, you know, people came and, uh, and in the first, I, me too, I was very, how I can say, idealistic about Reiki. I had a lot of mystical ideas, spiritual ideas, and uh, because I came from a school a bit like this. And so my first maybe five, six, seven years, I, I teach a bit traditional way, you know. But then I completely change. I change because I get a word, because I had a, lo- I had a lot of people that came to me. And I start to, to see the critical points of this teaching, you know. I say, it don't work like this. If I make Reiki courses today, it's, it's really not enough. It will not work. The, the mass of them stop to make Reiki. And so I said, no, you have to change it. And, and so I changed. I think I was one of the first school in Italy that started to make a bit more professional courses, you know. So a first level was one year, second level was one year, the master even one and a half year uh, course. And the way of teaching, I, I changed completely too. Before the master, for me, because I had these models in front of me, you know, that was my teachers. The master was the one, the leader, the one that you have to follow, the one that opens your channel, the one that is connected with the power, the one that can heal you, can help you, and all this. And completely in the time, I step back, step back, step back, and I give them the leadership to the students. And it is actually now my my main way to, to teach, you know. I'm there, and I really try to help them to believe in themselves, to watch inside and uh, connect with the talents with the potentials and stop delegating, stop delegate. There is no a symbol or initiation or something outside you that will fix your problems. You have to do it. So Reiki is a good way, is a tool that can help you in it. But everything you achieve, it's not because of Reiki or the Reiki master or I don't know who, it's thanks to you. And this um, is in according with the dichromio and meaning, you know, this big bright light that you have inside you, but you don't see it. You don't see it because you are watching somewhere else. You are identified with some things that you are not. And till you are identified with something you are not, you will not see who you really are. So my main work now, because of this, I said, now I teach to empower people it's exactly this. I try to help them to see how beautiful they are, how special they are, and to find out that they have the potential to have a, a good life, to be happy. Everything is already there. You just have to take it and use it and stop always delegate, you know, because delegating it's like you go always to ask to drink to someone. No, go search the water, search the source. And then when you will find the source, you are independent. You don't need anybody anymore. So this is my main mission in the moment with Reiki. I, it's, no, it's great. And I want to highlight two things that you said that I think are very important. First of all, as a teacher, being our bright light so people can find their bright light versus being their beacon, right? We just... We have to embody this light so people can find theirs. The second thing uh, you said, you had faith and you listen to the voice, leave everything and teach Reiki, but you follow by action, right? Because a lot of times we have faith, but it's not like you didn't wait for the students. Like you put a 
you went, as you said, to every gym, gym you did yes, presentations. Yes, yes, so a lot of times we use Reiki to manifest, and I'm guilty too. I'm like, okay, make stuff come my way, right? But it's like, you can have faith, but you do have in the Reiki world, even though it's a spiritual practice to follow it with action, you know? So I yeah, love the fact that very it works so hard. Yeah. yeah. And, yes, and yes, yes. talking about action, because I was very impressed when we met, it was about this research. A lot of us yes. were always wondering, there is no really Reiki research and we complain, we try to organize and nothing happens. And yet you with a partner did a quite interesting research in Italy yes. uh, with yes. some very, and also very professional. So can you share a little bit how that idea came about and what the core of the research yes. is? Okay, I, I made this research with my colleague, um, Luigi Cristiano. It came because always when I was talking maybe with other psychologists or a bit in my field or with doctors, because I had several doctors maybe that was students of mine, there was always this skeptical attitude about Rick, you know? And they always say, yes, okay, it makes you relax. But you know, relaxing has a lot of benefits. Maybe pain goes away, your muscle relax, your mind gets relaxed, stress goes. Because, you know, the, the medical scientific mind is like this. They, they have a, a pattern, you know, and they say, okay, you lay down, the light is dimmer, dimmer light, a nice soft music, and then someone comes, he taught you, you know, and all this has a big impact on the mind. And it's true. It's really true. Especially the touch. The touch is a very strong impact on the human body in a, in a even hormonal way, you know. And so I was uh, involved in this project in this big shopping center. And I thought, okay, why don't use this context to make research? No? And this time I want to isolate them. I, will, I want to try to isolate the effect of Reiki so that I want to see what happens if I put out all the, this variable, like the light, the music, the touch, and what will happen to these people that I will treat. And, and another factor was that they never had to have Reiki treatments in their life had to be the first. So to don't have, have a bias, you know, because maybe when you already get Reiki treatments, you have some expectations about it. So these people, these 70 people, they never had a Reiki treatments before. They came in and I, I told nothing to them. I didn't make relaxation before, or I said, okay, sit down, close your eyes, breathe. I, I said, okay, because before outside, they, they took the privacy issues all and so that they agree to be part of this research and but they didn't tell them nothing they just asked you know Reiki maybe someone said yes but I, I don't know nobody that do it I never got the treatment okay you can be part of the research this was the admissibility criteria that we had so once in I made them lay down I said don't close your eyes we had up a neon light, very strong neon light, and all the noise of the shopping center. I have some videos I, I will send you then just want to, to hear what was happened there. Okay. It doesn't sound relaxing at all. It sounds like at all. scary. At all. <laughs> yes. And imagine someone 
entering the room and you saying, okay, lay down, don't close your eyes and you tell nothing, you know? They maybe ask, hey, and what will happen? I said, no talk. <laughs> we will talk in the end. Yes, it was very important. Yeah. Because even when you talk, you have an influence, your voice, for example. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Even how they, they perceive you, how you look can have an, an impact. So I, I really try to put out all these, these influences. And I made BSM first. I went through the BFM and then I go through it from the head to the toe, the, the positions that generally you, you use in, in the Western Reiki. And then I stay a bit more in the points I felt they need to, to get treated. Okay. End of this, they, I said, okay, now stand up, sit down. And I got them and with Likert scale, you know, they had to, to write from five very much to one, nothing, the perception they have. For example, the light disturbed you, you felt cold, you felt tingling, you felt headache, you, you have pain, you get relaxed, you're, um, for example, uh, all these feelings that you can have during a Reiki session, you know, you feel hot on the, on the, on the face, and then we collect all these data and we analyze it. What came out was, was really interesting. It was interesting because mm, we get aware that one of the most uh, high percentage of people felt relaxation. It was relaxed. Wow. And without touch, uh, without music, yes. without closing their eyes. Without nothing. Yeah. And the hot, for example. Yeah. A lot of people feel this sensation of hot, but I didn't touch them. And uh, part of people that had pains, pain goes. And um, even they had cognitive perception, you know, like the thoughts came, you know, in a psychological way, some stuff uh, changed, you know. Even how I can say, maybe there was a bit first, uh, I don't know, sad, or they, maybe they had to fight, and, and after they felt, they felt good. They said, okay, I have a good feeling now. It was very nice. And then we had final questioning. It was like, would you do it again? Would you make a Reiki course and stuff like this to know what was their perception about about this, about the Reiki. And you know, this was the first research that someone made in that way. A lot of Reiki research are now be done in several fields, you know, about cancer and, and other fields. But maybe this is the first in which we try to isolate the effect of Reiki. But even there, you know, I get aware it's not enough because <laughs> even there you can go deeper, you know, and because in the moment that someone laid down and in his mind, even he don't know what he's doing, anyway, he feels you will do some things on it. And, and this can create expectations too. You know? And then when, when you start to feel some stuff, maybe it's okay, I can relax. It's nothing. He don't touch me. Nothing well, bad you're happens. You're more optimistic person. If I'm sitting there, I'm like, what are they going to do to me? Are they going to like hack me to pieces? Are they going to cut me up? Are they going <laughs> to yeah, do see? witchcraft on me? So you're more optimistic. So it can work. Like, I know what you're saying, but it can work also the other way. If you're a crazy Scorpio, yes, like I am. No, no, no. 
Sure, I'll sure. be like, is Graciano gonna cut my arms off? <laughs> he will. <laughs> it's Halloween today, so we have to add a little. Yes, bit of yes, color. we have to. Yes. But you also um, did a paper, and it was well received, right? Can you tell us a little bit about the reception of your project of your research? Yes, it was inserted in several databases, and I was called to present the, the outcomes. You know, um, for example, the ERC. European Reiki group invite me and um, the Portuguese Federation also. Even they got me an award, the Hayashi Reiki Research Award for this uh, research. Yes, it, it, it's, it's a drop, you know, in, drop. In, the, in all the ocean. But it can be, be interesting for future researchers also. Maybe they can watch on it and say, what he did, okay, we can do this better or we can do it in, 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 in another way. And, and it, yes, in Italy also, I, I, I made some webinars in which I tried to uh, put out the results of the research. And yes, I think I, a Reiki master that has the possibility to do research also have to do it. Now in the hospital, we are thinking about the new project that we want to do with Reiki, but with mindfulness also because I made, I made muscle in, in mindfulness and we want to apply these techniques on people with heart diseases, heart stroke, and to manage their emotions, their fears, because after a heart stroke, it, yeah. it's very difficult. Again, take a normality in the life. You have always fear it can happen again, you know? And so uh, we want to give them tools, instruments to manage these feelings and so Reiki and mindfulness meditations. We are working on, on, on this on this kind of research now. Perfect. And I I'm so grateful you're giving the tools. I just want to round up the research a little bit by highlighting a few things because and as I mentioned before, like most of us always we think about it, we don't organize it, but it was you and a partner. Consistency seems to have been very key, right? You are always the practitioners and also numbers, right? 70 sessions in the same place, same yes. environment, and also really same. understanding the psychology of human being and relaxation, really taking those variables out. Yes. I think also some studies are making sure people are not on medication, certain So if people mm. want to do research, they should really be aware of those things as well, right? Yes. And, and mostly yes. like personal investment because you gave a lot of your time doing that, right? Because those yes. were free sessions, so. Yes, also, yes, yes. And, Ikes, this association of agriculture sport, they support me in this, yeah. you know, even a bit in an economical way. And uh, so my colleague also, he invests also time. And we was happy because, you know, generally your research depends in which magazine you want to enter, but not all the research, especially of like Reiki or similar discipline or methods, they get published you have to pay for it okay Perfect. but this research we, the, the magazine they publish it so actually i don't have to publish a rights. this is a this is why i cannot share it i i, I can talk yeah. about it but i cannot share it. they have to buy it if they want but for us this was a um, how i can say a confirm that we did a good job yeah. I have a follow-up question because you're also, obviously, you're a uh, clinical therapist, a psicologo, I guess, in Spanish, well, Italian or Spanish, same word. But Psycholo. a lot of times we say Reiki is beneficial for mental health, right? But 
I talk from my personal experience and some of my fellow practitioners, like as a clinical therapist, could you elaborate a little bit more on what you see how Reiki helps with mental health? Yes, I can bring um, a practical example, you know? Let's see the five precepts of Reiki. And in the first, when I teach them, I saw people that was very uh, enthusiastic about them. You know, don't anger, don't worry, you know, be grateful, and, and so on. And they learn it mentally to say it. Okay, they record it. They they came to me. Oh, I I print it. I put them on the refrigerator. It's the first I see my when they start the day or uh, in in the in my work. I, I write it on a post-it in front of my PC in which I work. But when I said okay. But what kind of effect they have on your life? And then they start, ooh, it's difficult. Mm, they are nice, but I don't know how to apply them, you know? And I get aware that it's really like this. And so I, I try to make them, I, I found out a tool. I make the worksheets for them. That is a way, a cognitive way strategy to make them more aware about it. And so, for example, anger, I made four classification folders of anger and then i made the days hours and it was like this okay you you are now here to maybe get angry about some things you know okay so after this happened this this anger comes and you, you calm a bit down you take this worksheet okay and, and you go right oh, monday eight o'clock and you write the kind of anger that you have the frustration or other that, that can be that now I don't know how to say it in English. Anyway, <laughs> I will translate them. Okay. But there are four kinds of anger that you that you can have. So they write it. And then in the evening, they have to analyze it. So why I get angry? What happened? Because it's not possible that you don't get angry. It, it, it's a human emotion. You, you will have it, but you can manage it. And I said, always start one week with every precept then go to the next, and then the new cycle will be one month, okay? One month on anger, one month on worry. And I said, end of the month, make a statistic. What, which anger is the strongest in your life? And then start to work on it. Which worry is the biggest that you have? And then start work on it. And this actually works because I said them to make a diary, write every day, make a resume of your day, and try to um, bring out the, the most important factors that moves you in the day. That can be emotions, happenings, talking. And like this, I saw that, for example, you, you can take these precepts and put them in your life in a way to, to make them work. So my psychology study helped me to give a strategy and the tool to people to really apply, for example, the five presents that I think is the most powerful tool that Reiki gives you to improve. I think the precepts are, as you say, a tool that really will improve your mental health and the knowledge of yourself over time. I see hands-on healing, you get insights and it relaxes you, but the precepts for me are the most active working tool most about important. self-exploration. So I... You won't get me. I, I'm still in the thing. I usually have them once a week. Uh, but it, it is, yeah, I'm like, I won't question that. I completely agree. Because before I work with the precepts, 
Reiki didn't have that much of an effect on me. Like I felt better. My skin yeah. was glow. Like I always say, like it makes my skin glow. But the transformation came like, okay, why am I always so angry? Why do I freak out? And realizing the feelings beneath that, that's when yeah. the transformation really happened. So I, I love that you put it so simply and so practically as well for people watching or listening to this podcast to like, wow. Also, I felt sometimes people get very guilty about the precepts. Because they get angry, they get worried, and he says, do not anger. It's right? normal. It's and it's normal. not about that. It's like anger is a healthy energy if you channel it for self-exploration, right? It's, it's just an emotion. It's not bad or good. That was a brilliant, brilliant answer. So I'm really grateful for that. So I have two more questions. The first one, how is like Reiki in Italy in terms of credibility and growth? Well, Reiki actually was experiment in some hospitals in Italy. They made some projects to use Reiki in the hospital. This is about the credibility about, about Reiki in the scientific part, okay? Yeah. Because I think that the asset or who present the, the project is important too, you know? You have to have first your credibility before that you can give credibility to something. And so... Um, there, there was several doctors that maybe tried to, uh, even they made research. There are different Italians that made research about the, the Reiki. But this is one part. Then we have the social perception about Reiki. And there, uh, I, I don't want to say in Italy is worse than in other places, because yeah. I think everywhere we have almost the same issues. You know, if you talk with the German, they will say, yes, here is, is the same too. This also is very relative, you know, because now I, I see the stuff of the point of view of someone that for 30 years actively researched Reiki and is now in a point and has matured a different view, point of view, matured a, a different awareness about Reiki. And so I cannot compare myself with someone that started maybe one year ago and he's still in the process, which I was. We all when, when I started. Yeah. So I'm critical because not everybody has 30 years experience. It, it would be fair to have a debate with someone that for 30 years he did too. And so we can watch. No, but if I talk with someone that maybe has two, three years experience and I want to give him my point of view, he will say, okay, you are completely, this is not Reiki what you are telling me. This is completely something different. And I can understand them, but the most of the people in Italy, they, they, they think it's something very mystical, something that someone comes, oh, activate your channels. This is crazy also. We, we must have to change this. We have, we have the responsibility to say the truth. We don't open nothing. Everything is already open. And say this is just because you want to have the power. And because if you open some things, you are also able to close it. It's not possible that you can open some things and not close it. And this will be a very big responsibility. So everybody is open. And Usui said it, we all are Reiki. No one excludes. But you, you open now Il Vaso di Pandora, the Pandora, <laughs> you know. And listen, it's something like New York, like what you're describing yeah. is exactly true everywhere. Yes. You know, and, and when we talk about this stuff, we, we have to really have the moral and ethical 
responsibility to say the truth to people, you know. Reiki is not a sect. It's not a dogma. It's not a religion. So, but when we make the people believe that to enter in this community, you have to be open your channel. You have to believe that this energy is wise and intelligence and will do everything through you. Then there is a discrimination. It means this energy say, okay, let me see. Natalie, you are, you took Reiki? Okay, I can pass through you. Francesco, you, you didn't get Reiki, sorry, I can. And this is really crazy. If it would be like this, I would stop be Reiki master in that moment. But thanks God, it's not like this. Everybody's open. The ritual, rituals are important in the human society. We have thousands of rituals and they generally used to, uh, it's a changer, you know, you, you pass from a situation to another situation, from not being in the community to be in the community. And the one that represents this community, and we must all this, we just allow you to enter in the community and we want to celebrate with an initiation ceremony. And I, I say like this, it's just the first step you make to start to go inside you. And I want to celebrate it with you. I, I accept you in my school, in my lineage. I want to make this ceremony. But far away from all this power stuff and I open now, thanks to me, you can go and use this energy. This is crazy. This, and when I talk with people generally in Italy, you know, they never talk with me and ask, hey, let me, what, what do you teach in your courses? No, in one year, what, what, what you can teach them in one year? What are the contents? No, for example, I made some uh, online courses, you know. They said, yes, but how you can open then the channel, you know, with distance, um, initiation or activation, as they call it. It means for them, Reiki is this activation, and then you're a healer. And this is a big, big, big mistake because if you want to go, and I said that psychologists, if you want to go in a, in a therapeutical way, be helpful to someone, you have to have competences. You, you cannot lay the hands of someone and then think that something magical happened and, and you are just a vassal and this energy passed and, and you are not responsible about it. You don't give nothing. This is, this is really crazy. Where goes my energy? Where it goes? It disappeared. It cannot disappear. I'm here. I'm sinking. <laughs> I'm breathing. And, and this is crazy. And so, but even if this other person has emotional uh, outcomes, you know, maybe start to cry, start to have a, a, a big emotional moment. How do you want to manage it? What are you doing? What, what, what do you want to do? So you need competences. And I always say the first step is heal yourself. Then when you heal yourself, it means you start to master this tool and then you can approach to others. And you need to understand a lot of stuff about the human being, the mind, the body. It's not just hands-on healing. It, it's far, far, actually, I think we know very less about it. And what we know is bias, what was told to us. But when you start to experience it, it's a game. It's a game changer. You, you start to to see the stuff in in another way. You know, 
I could be stay here now hours to talk about it, but I don't want to, no, 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 you but know. I think you've been making a very consistent point and I'll take this as, as the oops, as we're like being uh, with the time, but you've been a consistent thing about self-empowerment, right? That was your theme at the beginning. And this at the end, as teachers, when we give to our students an ability, we still have the power. We're not empowering our students, right? Like, exactly. We get to Reiki because we're not happy, right? Like if we were completely happy, we may not take a Reiki class, but telling someone I'll do a ritual and then you can place your hands and help heal other people. That is for me, like, is that really empowering this person to be healed? That's the reason I got into Reiki. I wanted to, like, I touch people and everything is good, right? That was my biggest oops. And I think that's the perception we get in. You know, yeah. as master was this to think that I can empower someone. It's not like this because everybody, you know, this is this is dangerous. Because if you think you can heal someone, it means apart the big responsibility that you would have. It means I cannot sleep in the night anymore because if I sleep <laughs> eight hours, how many people I don't heal? You know, it's so I you have a conscience. <laughs> yeah, and no, everybody has his own responsibility to improve their life. And you just can give them tools. So this is really a big mistake, a dangerous mistake. Even when you when you have a treatment, okay, in, in these treatments, you know, you, you don't give energy to him. You, I, I, you, you pass information. I, imagine like this. We are now breathing, you know. You see the, the, the air. No, you don't see. But you breathe it. Okay, and when you breathe in, then you breathe out. So what is when, when we would refer to key and ray? No, when you breathe in, the source of this breathe in comes from the out source, from the ray. And then when you you put it again out, so it means it changes some things. No, when when it goes in and comes yeah, out, yeah. and this gives a new information to the whole. So when you make reiki, you give not energy to him; you give energy to the field. And the other, he takes this energy in which is also the information that you pass him. And then he has to metabolize it. He has to get awareness about some stuff. And this can make him improve. And like this, it's even more nice. It means you took the responsibility to change your life. It's not because he treated you or he gave you some things. And so, oh, thank you, thank you. No. Bravo, Graziano. Yes. She give you the right input, but you move your legs forward. So I think this is very important. This is great. And, and I think it's great that we bring it to light so people are more aware of that, you know, especially in the way we communicate and all of that. So I know we went over a bunch of mistakes and very deep things, but I wanted to ask you one more question. And is there a, probably a lighter insight, like a small insight that made you laugh and learn from Reiki? Or the one tip that you will give to someone beyond obviously practicing with the precepts to deepen their practice. So you get to choose what you want to share. Yes. Last question. I think the reality that, that you see around you is, is like you represent it to yourself. It's not how it really is. And so if you want to change some things that change outside also, you have to start with yourself. It means take everything, life, offers you reiki or meditation whatever it fits to you and then try to embody be this 
be meditation, be Reiki. And, and you will um, explore in this process how much insights and awareness you will bring to yourself that then will have a big impact and it will reflect in the reality around you. I, I start from this point that it's, it maybe can be difficult because you said that if someone comes to Reiki, he has difficulties, maybe he's suffering. And when you go to him and say, hey, listen, he and nobody will make a miracle for you. Nobody will heal you. Nobody will, you know, take your problems and solve it. You have to do it. But the good news is you have everything you need to do it. So start from you. Believe in yourself. Yes, this is nice. Believe in yourself. You have everything you need. Or and, believe in your true oh, self. You don't want the self yes, that lies to you. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like, okay, start with, with believing <laughs> yourself and then you will, you will get to the true self also. And yes, I think this is very important. I, I like to say this at, at, the, at last, and I always say, I say, you know, the practitioner or the master is like the darkness in the cinema or the silence in the opera. You, you, you don't see it, you know, but it's necessary. It, it helps you to bring the opera. It helps you to watch the movie, but it's your movie. You are the main actor. You are just the one that fits the, uh, how you can say, the context so that you can do it. This is a good master in my eyes. Someone that is there, but you don't see him. You know, that, you always have the feeling you are the one that is doing, but he's there. That's to show you beautiful metaphor because the darkness is what allows you to see what you're supposed to see, not get distracted by all the details, right? Exactly, exactly. And the silence to hear the opera because yeah. if everybody's shouting, you, you don't hear the opera. This is your opera. It's your your life that is going on. Yeah, hopefully it won't be a Verdi opera. I'll go from yes, opera. <laughs> It's a beautiful metaphor because I think, and one of my things I'm trying as a teacher, as I advance, is to speak less, right? Yes. And again, that metaphor is very beautiful about self-empowerment. We're not there to explain and process everything Reiki for our students. We need to also let the room for them to explore the practice and give them exactly. permission to do so. So I, I love that metaphor. I'm, I'm stealing it for sure. I'll say like, I spoke to this Italian very wise Reiki <laughs> master. I'll give you credit. You're welcome. <laughs> I want to thank you so much. Uh, getting to know you was fantastic. Uh, again, you're in Italy. We didn't know each other before this podcast. So I hope everyone will enjoy as much as I did getting to know you. And hopefully we'll hear a lot more about you and Reiki in Italy and your research and all of that. Thank you very much to have me here. It was really a nice conversation with you. Thank you for listening to the Dive into Reiki podcast. You can read a full transcript of today's interview at diveintoreiki.com slash blog. If you found this episode helpful, please hit the subscribe button, leave me a review, or just share it with your friends. It makes all the difference. Thank you. Gracias. Merci. Merci.